I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles tonight to John chapter 19, page 1685, 1685 in your pew Bibles. Throughout the season of Lent, we have been studying the last words of Jesus from the cross, and tonight we conclude that series. John 19, we'll begin reading with verse 28. Later, knowing that all was now completed, and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked the sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends in Jesus Christ, not only is it Easter weekend, but to golfers around the world, it's the weekend of the Masters down in Augusta. And the talk is heating up again as it has the last few years. Will this be the year that Tiger Woods hangs it up? It seems like most of the world would love to see Tiger win one more time, right? They'd love to see him return to his 30-year-old form. They want to see him striding down that 18th fairway victorious one more time or else with that intense focus, look on his face. But reality instead shows him limping down that fairway, a look more of pain than poise on his face. And even he is now giving hints that, that he's almost done, that he's finished, that he's had enough. Finished, Jesus said. Is that what he was feeling too? Is that what he was saying? I've had enough. This, this saving the world stuff is a younger man's sport. That a man has to know when to call it quits. He's got to know when he's done all that, all that he can do and, and when he's got nothing left to give. Is that what Jesus was saying on the cross? I'm finished. I'm through. This is my last fairway. It's all over. Some of us know that feeling, and I expect all of us will know that feeling at least one day. Maybe not when we're young and spry, because when you're young and spry, you feel like you could go on forever, like you will go on forever. It's like the old joke where the guy says to his wife, you know, if one of us should die, I think I'll move to New York. There's a good portion of our life when it's always someone else. We can't even begin to process that it just might be me who's mortal. But then you reach my age, and if you're in the grocery store without your list, 
you might as well just go back home. You begin to feel a little more like Tiger Woods. This isn't going to go on forever. One of these days, I'm going to have to hang it up. And sometimes we feel that way about our religion, too. We grow weary in doing good. There was a time, maybe, when you thought that you would change the world. You were going to evangelize your whole neighborhood. You were going to bring justice to the poor, give all the orphans a home, heal the world of all its diseases, put an end to racism, preach the whole world into heaven. You were going to do it all. But now your legs are heavy, your voice is beginning to crack, and you doze off mid-prayer. And if you haven't thought those words before, I assure you, they will not be far away. I think I'm done. I think I'm finished. Friends, if if that's what you're thinking tonight, if you're thinking that that's what Jesus was saying from the cross, then I've got good news for you. That's not at all what he was saying. He's not saying he's finished. He's saying it is finished. He's not saying he's through. He's not saying that he's washed up. He's saying that his work is finished. His work is done. It's complete. It's accomplished. Which also can be a really hard thing for us to grasp, especially people like us. Mainly because it doesn't seem like anything in our lives is really ever finished, does it? I don't know about you, but I still have dreams of an old math assignment that's out there somewhere and one day someone is going to come looking for it. There's always more for us to do, it seems. Have you ever spent a week painting the living room? And just as you're about to put on the finishing touches, your spouse comes up to you and says something like, well, now the dining room looks kind of dingy. Are you ever really finished painting the house? And what about work? You finish one sermon and there's always another one for next week. You complete one 24-hour shift at the hospital and There's another one waiting for you tomorrow. Or else it's parenting. You raise your children, you put them through college, you marry them off, but are you really ever done parenting? Are you really ever finished setting that example? Are you ever done practicing what you've been preaching all your life? Are we really ever finished with anything in this life? And so, even when Jesus says it's done, it's accomplished, I think we have our doubts. Could that really be true? I mean, it's never really done, is it? Maybe Jesus is saying, for instance, that his part of things is finished. But that still leaves our part, right? 
I mean, isn't there still more for us to do? More church services to attend, more early morning Bible studies to get up for, more meals to serve to the homeless, more wrongs to right, more commandments to keep. Isn't that how it works? That, you know, Jesus did his part, but now you and I, we have to do ours. Actually, no, that's not how it works. Contrary to common thinking, that's not how it works. Listen to Jesus again, his very last words. It's done. It's finished. It's accomplished. What is it? What is accomplished? Well, our salvation. Everything about it. Think of, think of what we profess whenever we recite the Apostles' Creed for a moment. Jesus was crucified, he died, he was buried, he descended into hell. And on the third day, he rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven, where he is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Have you ever wondered why it is we say that, that last line, why we put it that way, that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God? Why is he seated there? Was he tired? Was he worn out? Was he just old? Well, really that line comes straight out of the book of Hebrews, where the author is talking about the Jewish sacrificial system, and he's talking about the high priest. And how the high priest has to come into the temple and over and over and over again, he's got to make, make sacrifices for sin. Until, says the author of Hebrews, until Jesus came along. Jesus, our greater high priest, who, says the author, when he had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. He sat down. He sat down, not because he was tired, not because he lived centuries ago. You see, the high priest in the temple never sat down because there were always more sacrifices to be made. But Jesus sat down because the work was finished. The work was done. By one sacrifice, says the author of Hebrews, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. That's why Jesus sat down. That's why we profess those words, because the work is finished. The work is finished. But notice, too, that God's work, it's not just about gaining us a ticket into heaven. God's work, Jesus' work, is about walking into the presence of God. It's about a relationship. It's about reconciliation. It's about love. 
we have fallen out of relationship with God. Ever since Adam and Eve thought that they knew better than God, way back there in the garden, we've been out of sync with God, out of relationship with Him. And yet God has been chasing us down, haunting us almost, serenading us like some star-struck teenager outside his girlfriend's window. God has been calling us back into relationship with himself over and over again. Every tabernacle, every temple was a reminder of God's desire to be with us, to be among us. And yet every curtain and every sacrifice was a reminder that he was just out of reach, just out of our reach. But we were not out of his reach. And that's what Jesus is making clear here on the cross. It's, it's finished. It's done. God's quest to stroll arm in arm with his people once again in the garden, that quest has been completed. Husband and wife, God and his people are united once again. That's the it. That's what God accomplished. The work that only He could do. There's only one who can redeem. There's only one who can restore. There's only one who can fix what's broken. And it's not us. It's God. You know, sometimes in life, you just have to call in the expert. I learned that a little too late in my life. I've always liked to do things myself, sometimes because I like to know how things work, but just as often because I'm cheap and I want to save money. And so I try to fix things myself. I try to fix my own cars. I try to fix my own plumbing. I try to repair the appliances. The only trouble is I sometimes make mistakes. I'm sure that doesn't surprise many of you. A while back, Jackie and I were driving down the road and I stepped on the brake and I heard this thumping from the front of the car. It was then that I learned that you should always put Loctite on the bolts that hold your calipers to the car. There's always more to learn. And I also learned that sometimes you just have to let the professionals do the work. The ones who know what they're doing. They do it for a living, they get it done right, and they give you some peace of mind when it's all done. Friends, the work of salvation is not our work. It's God's work. He's the expert. You can try it on your own, and we do. You can try to add to His work, and we do, but we'll never get it right, and we'll never give ourselves peace. You'll always worry that there's still one more thing to do. You'll always dream that you left something out. You'll always wonder if you're going to hear that clunking from the front of the car, that there's something you forgot, that some random bolt it's going to fall out any moment, and you will never have peace. 
That's because the work of salvation is God's work from beginning to end. Think of Isaiah 53. Excuse me, Isaiah 55. And, and tell me that Jesus didn't have this in mind when he uttered these words from the cross. Isaiah 55 says this, As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word, my word that comes out of my mouth it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. The word that God speaks will not return to him until everything is done. This is God's work from beginning to end. And on the cross, Jesus is saying, it's done. I've done it. It is finished, friends. But if you insist on doing something, in other words, if you just can't show up for Easter dinner without bringing something for your host or your hostess, here's what Isaiah suggests that you do. You go out in joy and you be led forth in peace. And the mountains and the hills before you shall break into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands at the sight of you and at the sight of what God has done. If you don't like Isaiah, maybe you prefer Hebrews 10. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. Bodies, minds, clean. Clean enough to stroll right into the presence of God. He goes on, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep His promise let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, but encourage one another, especially now, now that the day of his return is drawing near. Brothers and sisters in Christ, it's done. It's finished. And it's time for you to see what the trees of the field are thrilled about, what the mountains and the hills are celebrating with song, every time they lay their eyes on you. Every time they lay their eyes on you, 
They're celebrating that you are the stunning first fruits, the sign of the incredible beauty that will one day overtake all of God's creation on the day of his return. It's been accomplished. Sin no longer has a hold over you. The creation sees it, and you should too. If you want to do something, then live in the faith that you are a new person in Jesus Christ, and you are in a new relationship with the Lord our God that will never change. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord God, give us tonight the faith to believe that you have accomplished what we could not and send us from this place tonight gratefully confident that we are right with God forevermore and fill us with your spirit to empower us to live like God's very own children bearing the family name. This is our prayer in Jesus Christ. Amen.